Who's your Vladdy? Molly, I love that headline. It was just too easy to make. In his first game as a Ranger Friday, Vladimir Tarasenko scored the first Rangers goal. It's only fitting Vladdy helped the Blue Shirts to two wins, including a four-goal night for Artemi Panarin on Saturday in Carolina. The boys are scorching hot. But Molly, while they acquired a few guys, there could be one guy on the move in the coming weeks. We'll address the Crafts soft trade rumors, the new look Rangers as they head on their first trip north together on the road, headed to Canada. Lots to do here on a new episode of Up in the Blue Seats from the New York Post. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we ask that you Welcome back to Up in the Blue Seats, our New York Rangers podcast from the New York Post. Jake Brown here. I'm back. Andrew Hartz is here as well. I know a lot of people are very sad to hear that I'm returned, but I'm here from my staycation. But good to be back. And God, Molly Walker's with us. These Rangers, I mean, I'm just gonna, they're going to win it all. I mean, they're winning the cup. I mean, this team is just stupid good. I'm just, I'm just, Valentine's Day prediction as we record on Single Awareness Day here today is that the New York Rangers will not be single. They will be in love with a big, large Stanley Cup that they will have in June. I actually have my brother's bachelor party in June. I'm a little worried that it's going to coincide with the cup. I think it's like June 9th. Already mapping it out because this team is filthy. Terrence Sanko, Molly, first game as a Ranger, boom, goal first. I mean, it's just the story, the Hollywood ending is there. I mean, the movie is being written by somebody right now. It's in the process, and Larry Brooks will join us in just a little bit as well. But, Molly, what a start for Tarasenko. Friday, the goal. Saturday, Artemi Panarin scores four. First time in his career he's done that. Rangers won five straight. They're 24-3 and three since that December 5th win I believe it was a Monday night because I was there against the Blues at the Garden that really just turned this season around. And this team is just electric right now as they head to Vancouver to take on the Canucks on Wednesday. There's so much to be excited about. And I don't fault you for going right ahead and saying that this could be the year for the Rangers because it very well could. The move that Chris Jury made for Tarasenko and Nico McCola is one that a team makes when they are making a run for the Stanley Cup. And we all know the Rangers have unfinished business from last season and that is the kind of move that the Rangers needed to make in order to really make their lineup way more formidable. It gives Gallant much more flexibility with the top six. We'll probably see that play out. 
for the rest of the regular season where Tarasenko is going to play on the first line or the second line. But either way, I mean, they added a lot more star power with Tarasenko and they look like it. I mean, I wrote about it for today's paper. They were already winning before they made the trade, but there's an electricity to the team right now. And it's something that you can see not only on the ice when they're actually playing in a game, but it's in practice. It's in the locker room. Yeah, you talk to guys about that in Canada. Can you talk about what, you know, these guys had to say about that, you know, addition, what it did to them? Yeah, I mean, Jimmy Vesey told me when you see the GM go out and make that kind of move, it just kind of reaffirms their belief in the team and that they think that they're what they're capable of. Um, And that's just a boost of confidence for everybody. For a guy like Artemi Panarin, I mean... The guy is smiling all the time, and dare I say he's been smiling harder and bigger (laughs) since Tarasenko came into the room. Um, But that's his buddy. And, you know, if they weren't going to go out and get a guy like Patrick Kane, who's also his friend, you know, I feel like Tarasenko was probably the next best thing, honestly. So Artemi Panarin looks like he's also revitalized. Like you said, first four-goal game of his entire career, a five-point night. I believe that was the fourth time he's done that in his career. So and that, I, that I feel like is a pretty underrated storyline here is the Rangers do need to unlock Artemi Panarin, not only just to get through the end of the regular season, but heading into the playoffs as well. Obviously, Artemi had a pretty mediocre playoff run, I would say, last season. So I think a major difference for them will be unlocking Artemi Panarin uh, in the playoffs. The team had a nice little Super Bowl party on Sunday at their hotel in Vancouver. So they're going to do even more team bonding stuff while they're away on this trip, which I wrote, it's the absolute perfect time for it. Just to let the guys further integrate and uh, get more familiar with their new teammates. And that was a big thing for Jury, wanting to get it done now instead of closer to the March 3rd deadline so that the team has more time to get accustomed to each other and more games together, more chemistry. All of it is just the Rangers are just in a really great spot right now. And if they can continue stacking wins going forward here, they're going to be in a really, really good place going into the playoffs. Something about bringing friends to the garden. Tarasenko comes. The Knicks bring in Josh Hart, who's best buds with Jalen Brunson from Villanova. All the friends are coming to MSG and the fans are coming out. Ticket prices are up the wazoo and it's going to be a fun final stretch here into the playoffs for the Rangers might not be fun for Vitaly Kravtsov, who might not be a part of it as he has requested a trade. If you want to comment on that quick, we'll get into it in a few minutes with Larry, but uh, it looks like he's out the door. If not before uh, March 3rd, before, uh, uh, you know, the summer comes around. It's the best thing for both parties involved is the number one thing that I want to say. I mean, I, I feel for Vitaly seeing him around the rink. The kid looks miserable. And that's just not something that you want. Can you see that? You see that in his like body language. You can notice if the guy is miserable. You see it in his face. You see it in how he plays, how he practices. 100%. And I'm talking this has been for weeks, going on weeks now, I would say. I tried to talk to him a couple weeks ago, and it was like pulling teeth, pun intended. (laughs) I I said to him, I even said to him, I was like, you seem really down. And he was kind of, oh, I'm tired. And I was like, oh, but like your demeanor right now, you know, you just, he, and he just shrugging his shoulders, his head's down, not really talking that much to anybody around him. It's just such an unfortunate situation. He's such a young kid. He's had a really, really rough ride to start his NHL career. And I think that, you know, there are a lot of, both sides are at fault. 
Um, and it just kind of became a perfect storm. And now he's just in this really tough spot where obviously everybody knows that he wants out and he's on his way out. He's not going to play. And at this point, the best thing for him would just be to go elsewhere and to start over. I want that for him. I want that for the Rangers. Um, I think everybody's pulling for this whole saga to be put to bed because it's just gone on for too long. And uh, Vitaly just needs to start his career elsewhere. And I think that's definitely what's best for him. Another guy who wants to continue his career elsewhere is Patrick Kane, who seemed disgruntled that the Rangers got Tarasenko and have not got him yet. Now, is that still a possibility? The Rangers didn't give up a ton. They still have pieces if they did want to go after him. There's been the reports out there that they're worried about his hip and there's concerns with that. Is there a shot that he comes here? I don't think that that's in play anymore after the Tarasenko trade. And I also think that Chicago's asking price is just too much. What would a package be? What what, what would the Molly Walker trade proposal look like? I mean, I'm not going to propose anything because I don't think the Rangers should do it because Chicago's just going to Chicago's going to go after Philip Beetle or Capo Caco. And that's a that's a no go going into the playoffs right now. Those are two key players for the Rangers right now. And if they're gearing up for the Stanley Cup, which it, everything that the Rangers have done indicates that they are. That's just basically bringing in a rental and clearing out a key spot, making a, a hole in the lineup. So it's not really. What they did with Tarasenko and McCola was bringing in guys to fill holes while not getting rid of any key pieces. Two conditional draft picks, Sammy Blay, who was in and out of the lineup on the fourth line, and a prospect in Hunter Skinner. So in technicality with the Rangers lineup, they didn't lose anything, which was a huge part of it. But I feel like Chicago's asking price is just going to be too high for a guy like Patrick Kane. But I mean, it's a name, so... You know, they and with the state that the organization is in, I don't blame them for, you know, shooting for the stars to try to get a massive return for him. But it's not in the best interest of the Rangers, I don't think. But yeah, Patrick Kane did sound a little salty um, when he was asked about the Rangers trade. It's not like the happiest I've ever been to hear about a trade. I think the Rangers are a team that you definitely pay attention to and definitely are intrigued by for obvious reasons. If things were going to happen, that was a team I was definitely looking at. It seems like they kind of filled their void and went ahead and made a deal. So it is what it is. So it kind of sounds like Patrick Kane also knows that this kind of diminishes his chances probably altogether of coming to to New York. So naturally, he's going to be a little bummed out about it. Um, There's been so much smoke around their connection for years. So to kind of have it building up for so long and then just for Pat to have it kind of go kaput, I'm sure is pretty uh, disappointing for Patrick Kane. But for the Rangers, um, I think that this was definitely the better move of the two between Chicago and uh, St. Louis for sure. What is the saying when there's smoke, there's fire? Well, the Rangers are on fire and Jaroslav Halak, I just got to give him a round of applause. This guy's on a seven game win streak after a one and seven start, oh, and six start. Big fan of the backups. As a guy who would be a backup in, in most things myself, big fan of the backup. Seven in a row. And those emails, the hate mail you were getting for Halak early in the season, do we have a good backup goalie? The answer is yes. He's been absolutely fantastic. And I just wanted to give him his flowers, Molly, before we give it to Larry Brooks. It's amazing, you know, it's, like I said, I have very warm, warm welcome. And uh, so far, it's very good. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All righty, we welcome back our Hall of Fame writer, Larry Brooks. You can follow on Twitter at NYP underscore Brooksy. Larry, welcome back to the program. Who's your Vladdy has been a big topic of the show. Hell of a start, right? First game, first goal, just like we wrote it up. Yeah, two and a half minutes. What more do you need? You don't need to see anything else. No, I listen, he he solidifies their lineup. There are some decisions still ahead, but hey, he's a good player. Yeah, what are, honestly, we've talked to He's a good player. You confirmed a report going around that Vitaly Krasov has been made available by the Rangers. I guess just in general, what have you gathered on the situation? And you wrote a column about basically what the Rangers need to do if they are making Krasov available. So if you could just get into that, too. Well, I don't think they have any obligation to move him just because there's been a request made. I, I understand the request. Um you know, anytime, anytime you add the modifier or, or or add the term saga to a first round draft pick, <laughs> you know, three years later or four years later, then you know you're you know something's going to miss. You know, there was the Elias Anderson saga. There is the now Vitaly Kravtsov saga. Listen, I, I I think this. You know, I I think what we're looking at with Kravtsov is. Um, the end result of some poor decision making that kept him off the ice for a couple, you know, for portions of a couple of seasons when it was most important for him to be on the ice developing when you're 18, 19, 20, 21 years old, you need to play hockey. You know, you need to play. You don't need to just go home and sit because you're upset that you were assigned to the American League. Um were there some errors made on the Rangers side? I'm sure. I'm sure there were. Uh, I'm sure this is a, you know, this is a mutual failure at this point. But, you know, Kravtsov's decision making did not did not help at all. He should have played in the American League last year. He, you know, he needed experience. It wouldn't have been a punishment. And we saw when he came when he came to training camp this year, he was eager to please you know, everyone has good things to say about him for for good reasons, but he was lacking so much experience that he got hurt every time he played. You know, his first three games, right? He he was hurt because he 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 didn't he he didn't know how to adapt to the North American game, even though he had played here a couple of years ago, and and it, it was it was it was as if he was a neophyte. And remember, the Rangers did not get off to a good start. Um, you know, there, there were, you know, they, they were, you know, they were in s- serious issues um, into December. So they weren't going to, they didn't have the luxury of simply allowing Kravtsov to, to work through all his, you know, work through all of his issues. Um, and that's kind of where we are now. He had a run of 17 games. Coach likes to talk about this a lot because he, you know, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't appreciate hearing that he didn't give him a chance, um, but he, he did have a run of 17 straight games. 
He was okay. I think we talked about this last week. Scored twice. You've got to score more than two goals if you're if you're looking to earn ice time, if you're looking to earn a spot in the lineup. For a team that thinks it's going to – the team that thinks and has good reason to at this point that it's a Stanley Cup contender. So you're not going to start developing, trying to develop players down the stretch of, of, of this season now when, when you're gearing up for the playoffs and gearing up for a run. So I get why why Kravtsov has asked to be traded. I get why Chris Drury is, is – um, talking to general managers around the league. But if there's nothing, um, if Drury doesn't believe that he has an acceptable offer, then he should hold on to him until the summer and and and, and go back at it then. Do I think that, that using Kravtsov as the significant piece to get a fourth line rental is a good use of his, uh, of assets? Not particularly, I, I don't. Um, now, if, if Drury knows that there is nothing else he can get for him, if no one is offering anything for him better than, say, a fourth rounder, then maybe that changes the equation. And that's what we always deal with, you know, on our side. You know, we evaluate trades that are made without, you know, without really knowing the, you know, the entire landscape because we don't know what else, what the alternatives might have been. So we look at the Tarasenko trade and we go, oh, yeah, this was a good deal. This was a fair deal. The Rangers got value, but we're not sure if there was another better deal on the table somewhere else or, you know, so, you know, we we operate with limited information on our side. And so if, if Chris Drury can't get anything more than a fourth rounder and he doesn't think that it's uh, going to be fruitful to, to, to keep him past the deadline, then I guess, but I, I just would like to see a little bit more coming back than a, a fourth line rental. The decisions that are coming out of him and his camp are all that they can work with. And they did give him a chance this season. Not only did they give him a chance, I mean, when we talked about it all the time, they gave him a shot on the, they gave him a spot on the second line to lose. He came into camp as their second line right wing. They, 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 you know, they had blocked out a spot for him in the top six. And, you know, you'd watch, you know, or we would watch, you know, the training camp sessions and we'd watch the, you know, a couple of exhibition games and look at each other and say, why? You know, what, what, what has he done to earn this? And, and you know, so they wanted him to succeed this year. They did. But again, his first three games, he got hurt because he couldn't avoid collisions. He, you know, he was putting himself into vulnerable spots. And so you're the coach of the team. And, and again, they're not off to a good start. They can't necessarily afford to have, you know, a question in their top six or even in their top nine. And and so then he starts coming out of the lineup. He got you know he had the dental issue, and it, it was it was just it, it, you know there was just a comedy of errors. And what I what I think, and and we talked about this a couple of times earlier, and I and I wrote about it a number of times. Each time the Rangers were preparing to send him to Hartford for a conditioning assignment, and you know and an opening developed in the Ranger lineup, and he played there instead of going to Hartford. I think it would have been better. And and I didn't say this at the time. So, you know, this is just a, a complete, you know, look back 2020, you know, 2020 hindsight. It would have been better for him to go on a two-week conditioning tour because he would have gotten big minutes. He, you know, he could have made mistakes. So, you know, it wouldn't have cost the Rangers anything. But instead, he was up here trying to navigate through through the league, which he's I don't think he's really quite ready for. 
And um, it, it, it's tough because he's got he's got talent. He's you know he's he's a personable individual. He's smart. Um, but I, I'm just uh, you know it, it's you you can't get this out of your ninth overall draft pick. You, you can't. You know it's it's a it's a it's a real failure. You know when you sit back and and you know we you know we've written for years about this, but. Um, you know, Anderson at seven in 2017 and Kravtsov at nine in 2018, you know, are just major, major, you know, blows to the process. If they try to give him a shot in the lineup right away. But for me, what I've seen from him on the ice, he's passive. He gets knocked off the puck so easily that I just don't, I don't see him as an NHL-ready player at the moment. I think you're 100% right. I think that he needs some time in the American League to make mistakes, to develop, and make up for all that lost time not being on the ice when he was supposed to be developing. Yeah, I think the best thing for him is to actually go through waivers, to, you know, for whichever team he's on, um, even if it's the Rangers next year, you know, by, by some odd, you know, odd occurrence. No, the best thing for him would be to clear waivers and play in the American League, you know, to get experience playing in the American League, bulk up a little bit, and then and then come back to the NHL when he's ready. Because he, he certainly has the skill to play in the NHL. You were in Carolina the other night. What was it like to see Artemi Panarin un- unload for fulls five points? And then I know you had a conversation with Vincent Trocek afterward just about the perceived lack of chemistry between the two. And he gave you a pretty insightful answer. So just um, what about that? It was interesting because Panarin in the in the first period had, uh, he was sent in alone by Zibanejad and missed the net by like eight feet. And, you know, it was, and I, and I, I remember taking, like writing down like zero confidence, you know, no goal, you know, zero and seven or whatever it was, one and 15. And, you know, and I underlined, and so, honestly, he he um, you know he's such a supremely confident guy, but his confidence wanes so quickly. Um, and his you know he's been missing the net on breakaways. He's been bad on breakaways. So you know, so I'm watching, and then they make the switch late in the second period. They went they went like 15 minutes without a shot in the second period. Um, they had two shots for the first I think 17 minutes, and they were both on the same shift, Kreider and Trocheck. So. This was this was a situation where Gallant was, you know, certainly within his rights to, to, you know, to make a line, you know, to make line changes because they were going nowhere. They 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 had no possession of the puck, and it was only a two one game, right? It's only two one game. So immediately, of course, uh, actually VC makes a really nice play. Panarin scores. Panarin scores again. Panarin scores again. Panarin scores again. You know, which is uh, you know surreal, honestly, because he's had so much trouble scoring this year. Um, so what? He had twelve coming in, and he and he got a third of that in in one game or in, in twenty one minutes. But he was shooting. You know, he was shooting the puck. You could see he was a little bit lighter. And you know, for weeks and weeks, when the lineup uh, has been shifting and the lines have been shifting, Gallant invariably muses you know in the middle of questions that, that, that don't necessarily pertain even to the topic that he talks about i know what my perfect lineup is i can always go back to chris and mika and always go back to bread 
and Trocek. I mean, that I mean, you know, and and the way I have always seen the Rangers perceive the Rangers coming in, their strength was was their two-man combinations. It was, you know, Stroman and Panarin and of course Kreider and Zabanajad. And, you know, and that and that creates difficult matchup decisions for opposing coaches. So I too always kind of thought, listen, this is what they want to go back to. This is what they're going to go back to if they can. And so they so you know Panarin scores four goals with Trocheck and I haven't talked a lot to Trocheck this year. We just you know for whatever reason I haven't spent a lot of time talking to him, but I have spent a lot of time writing that he <laughs> that he and and uh, Panarin haven't meshed. And so after the game, uh, you know a number of people were around uh, Trocheck, and then I stayed and and uh, and asked him. I said, listen. There has been this perception all year that you and Artemi just don't mesh. I said, I have certainly written it, you know, a number. I have certainly written it a number of times. And he said, I, he said, I know. I said, um, so I said, but do you feel that way? You know, do you feel that, that you haven't gelled that, that, you know, that, that your styles don't mesh. And he actually, you know, he, he, said absolutely not and, and he talked about the process of ad adapting to a new system when he was traded from florida to carolina and then he talked about coming to new york and he said he said I, actually we got off to a really hot start he said but what i thought because the the defensive system was so different in, in carolina it's it's you know it's man he said i thought i was garbage defensively for the first 25 games he said but he said, I don't, he said, I, I don't think there's anyone on this team with whom I don't mesh per se. And then he, you know, he said, listen, he said, we play different styles. Um, he said, but when both of our styles are working, that creates a chemistry between us that's even more difficult for teams to defend. He said, so he said, I, I don't, I don't think we have any issues at all. And, and then, you know, so I, I said, said, I appreciate, you know, I appreciate the answer. I appreciate talking, you know. Uh, chatting and he said well I, I appreciate I'm I'm you know thank you for asking me that question so I you know I I think what we're going to see going forward is this template Kreider Zabanajad Panarin Trocek could it could switch up certain games when uh, when they're not going well or if, if the coach thinks they need a jolt but um I, you know Trocek was pretty clear about the fact that he believes he can and probably should playing with Artemi Panera. Do you feel like they can make it work consistently? And I guess they kind of have to, because if they don't, I feel like it just really complicates everything for the Rangers regarding Heedle and the top six, if they can't make it work, because that's what Trocek was brought in to do. Right. Trocek was brought in to be their second line center. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, I, th I think it can. I, I think so much is dependent upon Artemi, the way he's playing. Um, I think Trocek generally plays the same, you know, generally, you know, he plays the same game. He's at his best when he's, when he's playing on an edge with an edge, you know, Saturday night in Carolina was very emotional for him. It was the first game back in Raleigh after he'd been there and he played with the, the same bite, the same snarl that he had played against the Rangers in the playoffs last year. I mean, honestly, watching, watching those seven games, you under, you could understand easily why the Rangers signed Vincent Trocek. You know, he was a little, you know, you know, he's a little bit different than a lot of their guys because he does play with some snarl. He does yap, 
you know, um, here and there. But I, but I, but but you know, he, he does play with with you know emotion, and and um, he's a straight line guy. He's you know he's always sniffing around the net, and you know so he, you know he's he's a compliment to Panarin. If if Panarin you know almost allows him to be that because you know Artemi is is such a a, a virtuoso, but he's also a soloist in in, in a lot of in a lot of respects. And and the one thing Strom did was defer, and Trocek's not necessarily deferring. So I think there's enough time. Listen, there are what 30, 29 games left for them you know, to work out, you know, whatever they need to work out. But I do think their strongest team has Trocek and, and Kreider. What, what I mean, Trocek and, and Panarin. What will be interesting to see is where will Tarasenko be? Will they will they keep Tarasenko with Zabanajet and Kreider? Will they, you know, will they will they move him so he can play with Panarin? Because because I think Jimmy Vesey is kind of interchangeable whether he plays with Trocek or with Zibanejad, it, it doesn't. Jimmy VC is having a terrific season. I know it's unbelievable. Honestly, he's having a terrific season, and and for those people who who say oh, he's a bottom, he's a bottom six guy, what's he doing? In the top six. He has earned top six. He's played like a top six. Alrighty, Larry Brooks. Follow him on Twitter, myp underscore Brooksy. Larry, thanks for coming on. Thanks. Have a good one. How exciting is it to watch Artemi do what he does? Yeah. <laughs> going to trade for more Russians. I can feel it. <laughs> Alrighty, that wraps up episode 113 of Up in the Blue Seats, our Rangers podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Andrew Hartz and the intern Josh Crawford for helping me produce the show. You can catch up on all old episodes by subscribing Up in the Blue Seats on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Amazon, wherever you get podcasts. And if you're watching this full episode right now on the New York Post Sports YouTube page, Go down and click that thumbs up button and comment below how you're feeling. Would you trade for Kane? What would you trade for him? Follow us on Twitter at Molly Walker. That's two E's, two R's, me at Jake Brown Radio. That's enough out of us. For Molly Walker, Andrew Hart, Larry Brooks, I'm Jake Brown. We will be back next week with another episode of Up in the Blue Seats. Have a good one, everybody. Talk to you next week.